was as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. That is right. Kia ora and good Northern. If you are listening live and watching, um, you I, I just think you're in for a treat tonight. What do you reckon, Scott? Smooth. Yeah, I know. You're, I you're, 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 still, you're still on that on that little the, the fading out there. But if you are listening on the replay, either at 10 o'clock, we call it tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, or, or on the podcast, you are in for a treat because we have got a guest and we are totally buzzing. Hey, everyone. Katerina, hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You're with myself, Nathan Snade, my partner, Scott Brown, Anton Agassi, and we are all just fine now that you've stepped into the... Katerina, just quickly, can you say your second name, please? So my second name is Katerina Quental Mendes. Very nice. Physio, S&C coach. Um, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, so yeah, much. we're going to get into some nitty gritty from the uh, the world of physiotherapy or the kinase, as they like to call them out here. Um, 15 seconds about yourself. How'd you end up in Luxembourg? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I grew You've up... You've got in- 10 seconds left. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in the UK and then we moved here when I was seven years old. My mother was working in the parliament and then I was at the European school in the English, in the English section. Moved back to the UK, studied physio, went to live with my grandparents in the Azores Islands and started working over there, trying to see what I wanted to specialise in. And then I went back to the UK, did my master's degree in strength and conditioning. Um, Why'd you do that? Because I saw that... No, where did where did you study where? that? Sorry. Oh, so I studied um, physiotherapy at... Um, Southampton. University yeah. No, University of East Anglia okay, in Norwich. Yeah. In Norwich. And then I studied my master's degree at Middlesex University in London. And I chose that course because that was the course that was just for athletes. So strength and conditioning, just for athletes, not general. N- Norwich, that's... They like... Everyone has like six toes and stuff up there, isn't it? <laughs> Perfect place to do physiotherapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so more more stuff to work on, you know. Fantastic. Well, we'll uh, we'll get into the uh, the nitty gritty and hopefully educate some more people. And hey, if we can drum up a few more clients for you later on, then happy days. Now, as always, it's show number one five two. So I've got a couple of facts about the number one hundred and fifty two. Uh, interestingly, last year in two thousand and two, the Fijian women's team uh, they uh, actually hit the world record and beat Papua New Guinea one hundred and fifty two nil um, in New Zealand. Zealand. They scored 24 tries, another record. 17 of the 23 players in the lineup scored. Anton, that sounds like your kind of game. Plenty of running. Um, another, another couple of interesting ones for you. I was obviously typing in, you know, number 152. Here's another one for you. Um, in in the in the US, if you get number 152 uh, in a letter, that's referencing your tax. Um, and it's going to say that it's going to take longer than the usual 21 days to, uh, to complete it. Uh, country code Canada is uh, plus 152 in 2024. So very uh, obviously next year, but next is not that far away. It will be the 152nd uh, Open at Royal Troon. Is your mate Aaron already buzzing mate, about the Royal Troon? You know he, it was, I bet you he was the one who said it's 152. Oh, bro, bro. So what happened was I was uh, sat um, doing a, trying to do a bit of research and I was like, is there any like random football stat, you know, with somebody who's got like 152 yellow cards or something? So I was like typing this in and I, I pulled up this this sheet and he was like, yeah, apparently Eric Harland, uh, not Eric Harland, um, Harland, what do you football, yeah, football player Harland, whatever you call him. Um, apparently, he was on the list with like 149. He's like, Scott, there's no way that is accurate. And he's like, interestingly enough, I think it's the 152nd this year. And so he, he, it, he was like, yes, yeah. he's just an absolute gnaws of golf, mate. Just knows everything. So thank you to that. And sporting trivia as well. I mean, you wouldn't, you'd definitely be on your team. Uh, and there's two uh, footballers, one from Norway and one from China. The lady from Norway, Medellene, and then Mark Zhao Zhao. I've not you, pronounced you, you, that right. I've had a go a, at it though, so area. cut me some slack. Okay, they have finished their careers with 152 
international women's appearances in football. Incredibly, they are 91st. They're 91st on the list. Of the all-time list. That's ridiculous. Well, that's what we were talking about last week where you said the... the Lady played top, over 400 games and stuff like that. Three, uh, nearly, three, eight, yeah, three, 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 five, something, yeah. Absolutely, uh, absolutely that's, crazy. That's crazy. Played 152 international matches. And, and 91st on the list. And only, only, and only 91st. Just you love, were well. Love Wikipedia. If you ever get short, just get on <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, we always hit up the uh, history uh, of sport in today. Now, these are a bit more... Um, I'm trying to think of the word to... Uh, let's just say a bit more serious in the world in, in, in the world we live in. The first one, 1961, the 27th Heisman Trophy winner. That's the trophy awarded to the best college football player um, in America. And that was uh, awarded to a guy called Ernie Davis. And he was the first African-American to win the trophy in 1961. Interesting fact about the, the Heisman Trophy award. I was doing some research as well. Yeah, I do. I do work on this show. I'm sorry, I thought oh, you I'm, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased about that. I thought you just sat up till four in the morning on TikTok. But anyway, go on. The first non-American, non-American-born player was to win the Heisman Award. What year? Oh, probably not very. But I'll say it was probably very recently. Recent, I, was, yeah. I thought that it's actually 1920. A Croatian, Ooh. Croatian born in Zagreb, won the uh, Heisman Award in. For, for American football, so there you go. Play. Good job, Croatia. Now this this one's very cool, very very cool. So in 1956, okay, a guy called Helmut Bantz, German, yes, and um, and he was obviously German, and a Soviet gymnast, Valentin Muratov, they tied for the vault in the gold medal, uh, tied for the gold medal in the vault at the Melbourne Olympics, obviously in 56. As I said. What's very interesting about this is the guy Helmut Bantz actually was um, served for the uh, the Wehrmacht in the in the Second World War and was a prisoner of war. He was caught and then uh, obviously uh, moved over to the UK uh, or, or over to England um, in 1944 when he was captured. He was then um, released um, like a couple of years after the war in 1948. Uh, and he was just going to, yeah, he just worked on a farm out there. As, as you can imagine, after the Second World War, everyone's trying to, you know, get back on their feet and, you know, provide for their family or whatever it might be. A couple of months later, he then acted as an unofficial coach for the men's British gymnastics team because the, the Olympics had obviously had a break during the Second World War. So in 1948, he then returned to... Uh, to Germany and then competed for them in the 52 and the 56 games. That's quite a story, you know, yeah. to be, go from being a prisoner of war and then, you know, go to the... Uh... Before we go on to the next topic, Scott, if you were German, what would your first name be? Is Scott a German name? I don't think it is. Would you be... Do you reckon, what do you think? Yeah, and so a, would Scott be a... That's a Johan, bloody good question. Or do you reckon he'd be a Herman? Herman. <laughs> Maybe a I always said I would Bernard. Get, I always said I would get a sausage dog and call it Frank, short for Frankfurter. I think that would <laughs> yeah, be quite a good one. one. I'm trying to wonder what you would be. Uh, I don't know. Shall I do. I do a good. I do a good German accent. Yeah. Let's hear your German accent. This is not in the regulation. <laughs> this is not. This is not hand off. This is punch. <laughs> you you sound. Like, I think you could be a Hans. 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 Yeah. That yeah, looks yeah, a Hans. Hans. Bricked. What's that? That's Team Hans. America, isn't it? Um, here's another one for you. I know one of our listeners is a, uh, a passionate Hungarian, Nathan, and I believe we've spoken about this next event before, but this was the 1956 um, Olympics, and it was the clash between the Soviet Union and Hungary at the Melbourne Olympics. Um, and I believe this is the bloodbath one. This is the bloodbath one. Yeah. I didn't, re- didn't realise that it was actually in Melbourne. Though. Yeah, so basically what happened is the Soviets had actually just invaded Hungary uh, whilst the Olympics were going on. Um, and the game actually had to be called off. Hungary were winning 4-0 because there were riots in the crowd. So but it like was called... a sea of red or yeah, something yeah. like that because the, the there pool was, was just red. Red with blood and stuff because obviously there was a bit of, as we like to call it, a bagger, a bit of dirty tricks going on. And then uh, just another random fact for you. On this day, uh, the 13th Amendment to the US Constitution abolished slavery and was ratified as Georgia became the 20th seventh state to endorse it now nathan i know that you are good at pronouncing names we've got a couple of birthdays big freddie flintoff absolute legend of the game in cricket uh born in preston lancashire england and we've also got a greek basketball forward who plays for the milwaukee bucks and the name of giannis is it anti-totokonupo yeah 
Was that a good effort? I decided to go fast. Nathan, what you got for us? Sorry, I was just sorry. When we when you talking about Freddie Flintoff, in our notes, in fact, it's written Andrew Flintoff. Now, me being an idiot was looking at that thinking... I know a Freddie Flintoff in cricket. Is Andrew Flintoff? Yeah, Fred, Fred Flintstone. Freddie's, That's where that comes from. I thought it was his brother or something. I was no. trying to Google Andrew Flintoff to see if it was Freddie's brother. I did not know his name was actually Andrew. I've only ever heard him being called Freddie. Freddie. Yeah, it's good to see him back in the sporting world. After yeah, it'll be his, interesting um, to see what happened though, because when you see the pictures of him, mate, he obviously has taken a big old slam because he's obviously had some sort of horrific. Yeah, you can just tell he's not. Um, yeah, not himself. He's lost a lot of weight. Have you, as well, the, have you seen the car that he was actually crashed in? Like not the the car itself, but the type of car. It's almost like one of these funny little box cars, not a three wheeler, but like a you know like a go kart sort of thing with a frame yeah, on it. Just a big. It's like the one you remember the one before with Richard Hammond on Top Gear. That yeah. was nasty. That was hectic, it? mate. That was hectic. Anyway, um, I thought we were going really well, and now we've put a down on it by talking about car accidents. So hopefully, um, Katerina, you won't be talking about uh, any of them. So, um, yeah, Middlesex University, Master's in Strength and Conditioning. Yeah. What's that, one year, two years? No, that's one year. Happy days, because there's a, another good place to study, St Mary's in, in Twickenham's got a decent S&C um, module up there as well. Yeah. When I was looking for the brochures of strength conditioning and the master's degrees, I saw Greenwich had it, had one, but it was for the general public. It was for all ages, and I didn't want, I didn't want to work with old people back then. So what would you? What would your? You wanted athletes. Very good reason. What would your sport be then? You're not allowed to say football. You can't say um, football, can you? My sport back then. Well, I was. No, it wasn't. Because, you know, when I was on the Azores, I'd walk, work with all types of sportsmen. So um, basketball players, surfers, bodyboarders, bullfighters, um, what else? tennis players, um, sprinters. Are they all live on the athlete. Azores? I mean, yeah. how many people live there? I thought it was only about 10. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, it is many, a big, it is a, it is a big island, but is it, are there is tennis it? courts on the Azores? I thought you could just go yeah, diving. No, no, we... Or no, paragliding. You can, go, no, or we, you can do everything. Helicopter pilot. Ignorant Kiwi. You can do everything on the island. Oh, really? Because there's not much to do. So, you know, sport is something. Maybe that's the reason why. We we do have. I mean, every not everyone's sporty, but we have every type of sport and every type of aquatic sport as well, you know. And back then, I actually wanted to do a PhD um, and I wanted to come up with a, a kit, like um, a self-help kit for bodyboarders because we have a lot of surfers and bodyboarders and there was not much research <laughs> in bodyboard at that time. So we had actually, um, it was really cool, we had this world bodyboarding event on the island where me and my mentor we were the physios and so we were helping all these international bodyboarders so from every place in the world including Australia which is my dream um and I just um used this opportunity to collect data to collect injury like injury data and then what I did was I um um compared it to so I used basically the injury sheets of a study that had been previously done with surfers. And so I took the injury sheets that were used in, in that study to collect data during the event. And then what I did at the end was I worked with the University of the Azores to compare the data. And then actually I made a um, a presentation which compared the injuries in, in bodyboarders and in surfers. And based on this, I wanted to come up with like a self-help kit to kind of um, as a warm up to, to help the athletes not get injured, this and that. And actually I presented this data at a congress or a conference rather um, in the south of Portugal a year later. Um, so I met you know, these surfing doctors from all over the world. It was it was such a good experience. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent maybe, but... Um, You'll get used to that. We do that all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is on the island you have every type of sport and I th my fascination in the, the sports field was really kind of the aquatic sports and I think it was because I grew up here and in the UK and here, I mean... And the know. Azorians are surrounded by water, so you, of course. So you were surrounded, yeah. you were surrounded by water. Yeah, 
and now you've decided to come to a landlocked country. Okay. There's plenty of rubber for the water flowing in the Moselle just, at the moment. Just, just going back to the, uh, the, obviously you're saying about the study between bodyboarders and surfers. What did you find then? What was the, the correlation between your results? There's some jargon for you. Hey, you know, correlation. You like that word? That's yeah, a good one. Big one. I can't spell we'll it, but whatever. We'll definitely have to talk about that on the next show because I need If you to get invited back, if you get, you know, I mean, now me messing. But yeah. Um, what was the main thing? You know, this was so many years ago. Uh, let me think. Um, what I found was that. Uh, um, bodyboarding, although it is easier to start board- bodyboarding than surfing, it's actually there's there are much more tricks. Uh, there's much more kind of biomechanic challenges that you can um, 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 face in bodyboarding with like in comparison to surfing because they can do tricks that surfers can't do, right? They and they're much more and complex. Yeah. And therefore, the, the the injuries that you can get from bodyboarding were... Actually, I think they were quite... Were they that doesn't severe? surprise me, though. Because, yeah, you, I mean, you, I would say a lot because more... You're lower, because you're lower down, yeah. you're closer to... Well, logically, if you're on a surfboard, yeah. a lot of the injuries from surfing come from when you actually fall off the... Surfboard, don't you? Whereas on the on the bodyboard, you obviously you manipulate yeah. manipulate yourself around and then have exactly. to try and stay on the board. Exactly. Well, it's not equal. Yeah, you're, you're holding onto it. Aren't more you? of your body yeah. on a bodyboard than you would be standing up. Yeah. I, I so because the bodyboard is small, right? So you've got bodyboards like touch body. rugby and like surfing's like proper rugby. What's wrong with touch rugby? Nothing. Still? Not no. nothing at all. I'm just saying, for, in, to oh. put it in layman's terms, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. It's is, like five aside football and full, you know, full eleven aside football, isn't it? Whoever's listening to us, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm a little bit worried about it because, you know, surfers hate bodyboarders and vice versa. They I, really I don't think bad. rugby players get on that okay. well with um, touch rugby players. Either. No, I'm sure they by, do. By the, by the sound of that little that dick many, there, that was... Um, there can't be that many surfers in Lus- Luxembourg listening anyway, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> There's a few sailors. I'll tag a few. Actually, randomly, we uh, a couple of... Uh, about a month ago now, there was a chap, a Brazilian guy, who surfed the biggest wave ever and it was in what, what did you say Nazare yeah. yeah and it was down there so I tagged him I don't know if he's followed us but you know maybe, of course maybe he's, he's following listening, he's listening now we've got a Nazorian um, on the show oh my gosh <laughs> so very, so that's, I mean that's very interesting from the injury side of it because ultimately your goal is prevention more than anything is yeah. it not as yeah. opposed to treatment yeah my goal is prevention it's it's the midway between rehab and performance enhancement it's like prevention you know it's where physio touches strength conditioning right in the middle there prevention it's, okay, it's, it's interesting because I remember there was a foot when she starts talking about that I'm very curious to get onto it <laughs> I remember chatting to a guy uh, I was speaking to a guy about you know I think a lot of the time people just don't really have a a goal with you know with what you're doing and but when he said he broke it down and his his goal with S&C work for rugby players in a professional environment was to reduce injuries in training because you can't do anything about match play because you can't, you know, you can't control kind of the fake, opposition yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, and so he, he worked at Wasps for a bit and yeah, got, got the got a, the injury. Um, that's a really interesting point you raise there because, or raise there rather, because there's a lot that happen in football. Footballers, a lot of them get injured on the on the training field. Yeah, it's funny. So when, when they really they they massively. There's a big number. Of we had um we had a guy Jordan Hicks and he's one of the Americans who plays for Esh um, basketball club. And we we sort of got into it with him about how I think you're going to see less longevity in players less people like a LeBron James like that competing at the highest level because athletes these days are so highly strung you know where you you have to physically be at an optimum optimal level mm-hmm. but ultimately you can't the body can't sustain that for 20 years it just can't yeah. You know, you're going to break down. So I think you're going to see, especially in, and even in rugby and football, you're, you're not going to see people playing 600 or 700 professional football matches anymore just because, you know, the level, I guess the the, the level of, um, I don't want to say the physicality of it, but, you know, ultimately... The raising if you standard, ke- if the raising... You, well, yeah, but if you keep, if you're always running 
went at full speed at a hundred percent, the body's going to break down because you are, you know, there's a limit. It's like a, like an engine on a car. You know, if you get yeah. it right up to the red line and keep going and keep going, you're just going to keep breaking down. And once once it happens once, and it's it's going to happen well, again, well, isn't I'd it? I argue all this. I mean, Katharina can correct me if I'm wrong, but the 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 quality of physiotherapy and injury prevention has also increased. So yeah, the level of playing, maybe the number, the amount people are playing has increased. But I, I would say that. Um, back 20 years ago, players would, at least professional level players, would neglect, you know, injury prevention. Whereas now, if you go into a professional football club or professional rugby team, players have allocated time to do this rehab or prehab um, before before games in preparation for these games. So yes, they're playing at a high level. Yes, they're bigger, faster, stronger. They're playing maybe twice as much as they did 20 years ago. But they, everything, well... The physio is sort of trying to almost negate it as well because advances in physio, advances in technology. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I would assume it's come a long way in in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. I want to put you on the spot here, Katerina. I want to get back into squash. I want to get a little bit fitter again, and I want to get up to my optimal level that I thought I I once was. I wasn't really that good, but (laughs) how are you going to help? How are you going to help me out? So... What I absolutely want to say to everyone here is that, um, and this will answer you, our body, the moving parts of our body is a system called the myofascial system. And this system is made up of two um, um, kind of tissues. So you've got muscles and then you've got fascia, right? And they're connected to each other. And muscles, um, what happens is, 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 so is the fascia like a sheath over the muscle? Yeah. You know, like when you cut chicken and there's like that white transparent skin on the meat? Yeah, it's a bit we try and cut off and throw away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fascia. Okay, right? that's fascia. Okay. That's fascia. And fascia is so important because it's what allows muscles and everything inside your body to glide on top of each other without anything sticking together, right? And um, as we age or as, you know, we use our body, um, this our body is like a car, like you said, and now and then we need to change the parts, we need to check the oil, we need to, you know, um, maintain the car, right? We need to service it too, right? So when we, we can do that to our body by checking, you know, how is our fascia and how, how are our muscles? Because our muscles also become a little bit dysfunctional. So um, if I speak firstly about muscles, Okay, muscles, they're made of muscle fibers, right? And these muscle fibers, they're like hairs. Um, um, Along every fiber, they're little tiny digits that contract and relax. And when muscles become dysfunctional, sometimes these little digits, they will contract and then they don't relax and they stay in a permanent contraction. Just to jump in here a sec, is there going to be a test at the end of this? Because I know it's Nathan's taking notes here. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm working yeah. it. Uh, this, takes, this takes me back uh, 30 years of being in the last lecture Sorry, that I miss. was in. Sorry, I miss. Like Continue. And I'm, and, I'm do- and I'm doing the, the, okay, the, the working uh, of these muscles. What types of fibres are there? What, what did you just say? What, so types, what types of fibres are, are there? Twitch muscle fibres. Oh, you... Twitch. Oh, Fast and fun. slow twitch. Well, here we go. Yeah. It's just yeah. two yeah. types, is there? Yeah. I don't, no, I, I, don't, I don't know, Scott. Sorry, I'm just playing the game. I'm playing the game. I'm playing the game. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm going to learn. Well, I'm going to group to listen to this yeah. later so on. These, the, the, these digits, right, when they contract and they don't relax, they form something called trigger points in your body. And you have three types of trigger points. You have latent trigger points. They're kind of knots that you don't feel them until you kind of press on your muscle. Another one's like, that hurt. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. yeah, it hurts. And then you have the active trigger points that hurt all the time. You know, when you've got like a little pain in, around here in your neck and it's just really annoying. It doesn't go away, right? And then you have satellite trigger points that are knots that send um, kind of different symptoms elsewhere, like pulling sensations somewhere else or pain somewhere else or pins and needles and numbness somewhere else. So sometimes we can think it's a nerve, but it's actually just a satellite trigger point. And those guys are the worst because they're like a little mafia in your body and they literally communicate with each other and they give you these strange symptoms, right? Um, So our body, you don't know you have trigger points, but your brain knows, right? And when your brain sends messages to your muscle for it to contract, it doesn't allow, it avoids any pressure going through these trigger points. So any fiber that's a trigger point, that fiber's not going to work, right? So then the other fibers, they work, right? And as you go, imagine now you've never done any maintenance of your myofascial system. You have these 
build up of of trigger points in your body so you have more and more stiff muscles why because every single fiber that has a trigger point is a fiber that is shortened and it stays in that shortened position so no matter what you do you can sleep you can stretch your muscle you can massage your muscle that trigger point is not going to release and therefore that fiber is not going to release stretching and 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 um massaging is good for fibers that don't have any any trigger points they will relax further right they will stretch out more but that one that has the trigger point is going to stay like that right and this is why it's so important to uh, for sportsmen to foam roll right because when you foam roll you feel where you have pain and so you can identify you where you have trigger points and there are three ways to take away trigger points so you either um, find where it hurts and you press into the pain. You have the old hockey it, ball or the old lacrosse really ball. Painful, right? Myofascial yeah. releaser. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So make sure you take your, your lacrosse balls with you wherever you go. <laughs> so find where it hurts and stay pressing on that pain. The more pain you can bear, the quicker that trigger point's going to go away. Um, after a while, you're going to feel that the pain starts to dissipate as that trigger point starts to release, right? Or you go to a physiotherapist and they will dry needle you or they'll use the shockwave machine, which I have at work as well. Or they'll they'll use different techniques, right? But um, generally, it's it's three different ways to take away these trigger points. And the way you can do it at home is with with your your foam rollers and the balls, etc. Um, then you have uh, fascia, and fascia is that white transparent skin on the meat, and it covers every single muscle fiber like envelops every single muscle fiber and then it envelops every single muscle bundle so many fibers together it forms a bundle and then it goes up and it inserts into the skin right and if you look at it under a microscope fascia looks like a really complex spider web it looks like cotton candy and it's really thin and it just covers everything right and when it's good quality it's 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 when it's hydrated everything just slides on top of each other and that's why meat is so slippery and then when it starts to dry out it starts to get sticky like gel when you put gel in your hair it starts to get sticky and then when it's completely dehydrated it just goes solid so when you have gel go solid right and if you go like this it's gonna flake away you know right? but, uh, i just got i got no idea i can't relate to the gel part. You used to gel it no? back in the day i've seen you with hair i've seen you with hair long locks all shaved off mate and then, then, and then, no, and then no choice that's a good one. Business, <laughs> business on the side party on tops. So to unstick your fascia, you friction your fascia. So basically, when you have pain, um, it's important to foam roll because you can identify the trigger points, right? But it doesn't really identify where your fascia is stuck. Generally, for you to find where your fascia is stuck is... Um, you have to friction your muscle so side to side. So if, if your muscle fibers run in, in this direction, you're going to friction in the opposite direction and feel if it hurts, right? And if it does, the more you friction it, you're going to notice that the pain starts to go away because you're unsticking the fascia. I think there's people listening right now that are actually yeah. <laughs> like poking and pushing and yeah, going, of course yeah, they are. Course that's, yeah. The, that's the bit. It shouldn't that's hurt. The, I, I just want to jump yeah, in here. I, and, think and, are, I think people are doing I, that right now. I hope they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're getting their oranges out. Yeah. Orange <laughs> Hard enough, orange and hard enough, mate. I just want to. I mean, I, I want to I try and make this relatable to uh, someone who is playing sport and you know thinks, oh, that's interesting because ultimately the point of um, of of what we're talking about this this you know this myofascial release is to increase your performance from a physical point of view because yeah. obviously if your muscles are uh, if only 80% of your fibers are contracting that muscles only working at 80% exactly. so if we can release more so here's a scenario for you right well, anton's obviously involved with the uh, with the national team with the rugby okay so they meet that they're, they're going to they're playing a match away they'll be away for 4 days okay mm-hmm. so obviously we'll not talk about the recovery process now okay but we'll talk about in the lead up to a game to sort of optimize the, the the level of physical performance. So if they're they're flying on a Thursday, and then let's say Thursday, uh, what, Thurs- time, what time would we normally be flying on a Thursday, Scott? At uh, <laughs> eight o'clock or something like that. Okay, so let's say we're we're training on a on a Thursday. Okay, we're training on a Thursday evening. Um, you know, maybe at uh, for argument's sake, let's say six o'clock. Okay, and then on a Friday, you're probably going to double up. Okay, so you'll have a morning session, maybe at ten o'clock. 
okay? And then, uh, Anton, you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, and then you'll have a PM session. You might have a captain's run, so a shorter one. You might have that in the evening. Probably at the same time you're going to kick off the following day. It might be at 3 o'clock, it might be at 6 o'clock, whatever it is. And then you're going to play on the Saturday at... Let's say we'll just use the timings we've used on the uh, uh, from from the most recent from the most recent international. So you're going to train on the Thursday. You're going to train twice on the Friday, um, and then you're going to play obviously on the Saturday. When are you? When would be the best time to fit this in between training, after training, before training, in the morning? Both. It's it's a good question. It depends how deep you're going to work the myofascial system. If you're going to do it just um, foam rolling independently, or if you're actually going to work with a professional who's going to really work your tissues, um, I definitely before games you have to be very careful. I mean, I wouldn't foam roll. I, I would I would do it probably maximally three hours before training. Okay. Okay, because it's a little bit like uh, stretching. You know, when you stretch, you your performance decreases. Yeah, and you don't want the performance to decrease. You want to just stop any injury from happening. Happening. So, um, to we will use it to inhibit muscles that are overactive and that shouldn't be like hip flexors. You know, the hip flexors are way too overactive. So you could three hours before you could release your hip flexors with a ball. Right. Um, but I definitely wouldn't do it like. The reason I ask you is because if you're, you know, so you're, if you're coming into camp uh, and you're, you know you're going to train at six o'clock, would yeah. you say, guys, you should be in on the foam roller now doing this to, you know, to, to benefit this training session? It's but- quite a painful one. It's, it's, foam rolling's not, it's, there's, there's not very little it's pleasure. Only, it's only painful if you have issues. If you don't have any issues, it's not painful at all. You don't feel anything, right? I think we've got so, issues, guys. So I, think, I, think, I think we've got... That's when <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's... I've had a... So was I born with issues? I've had a lifetime of issues. That, that, those things... <laughs> that, those things have yeah, always... She's going heard. for you big time here, right? Eh? Jesus. If you have no... Actually, she's telling me you've got no chance of a comeback as well. <laughs> no, no. Listen, the beauty of muscles is it doesn't matter what age you are, they, they will adapt. So if you foam roll enough, you can get rid of your trigger points. The thing is, there will, there will come a moment where you foam roll and you feel no pain. And when that happens, you can stop foam rolling for about two weeks and then you should check it again because yeah. they do have a tendency to come back you just need to be on top of your muscle i mean you have to be on it right on your on your tissues um to to make sure they've got good quality and it's not just before a game it's not just before training this is a lifestyle yeah you know and you have to do it i mean it's much more important to do it in in especially like include it in the when you're preparing all the months before getting to the big games and the big competitions you need to have your muscles working really well so that you're you're training the muscle fibers like training skills you know skill trainings with the muscle fibers because if imagine imagine you you do all your skills training and then i don't know just before your competition that's when you start foam rolling then it's like you're reviving muscle fibers that haven't even trained properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so again, just to sorry, Nathan, just to just to continue that, I guess in an ideal world, if you're a professional athlete, you can encompass that um, into your your daily routine. You know, whether it's to do with your nutrition, you know, the meals you're going through, and you you obviously structure your day in terms of your periodization periodization in terms of when you're training and such. But then, like for those amateur athletes, are you? I'll put you on the spot again here. Would you say there's no real benefit of you never doing it and then just rocking up and just because all of a sudden you're in good. that environment? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be any benefit as a one-off session or is it more the body again is going to have to recover from that sort of thing? If you're, no, it, it has to be a lifestyle. Yeah, okay. Really, a good question because I've got a, I've got a match tonight at eight forty-five. Okay, <laughs> and I want to be when I finish, when I finish, I leave here, I go straight to them. I will not be going on the foam roller. Wait, <laughs> no, <laughs> knock a quick break. One, Nathan wants to know if you would come and physio for him tonight uh, and <laughs> for the match. You know? p- park you right at the bar. You'll make you feel very, very, uh, very welcome. What, what is let it? Me, what is it? Me, he could do, <laughs> given just, the limited time. Hang on. So, well, so. 
I would have to check how your body's moving and then see if you've got like a massive imbalance, especially in the hip flexors, right? If you've got ma- really tight hip flexors, then I'd say, yeah, do it before your game or do it before training because it will only it will only benefit you in the sense that you'll have less pressure in your lumbar spine, you'll have less pressure in your neck, in your shoulders because your hip flexors attach into these areas as well. Right. I mean, it attaches into your lumbar spine and it attaches into your neck. So um, in order to um, decrease the likelihood of you um, having an injury during the training session, it would probably be good for everyone to foam roll their hip flexors with a ball. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I play a game. It's not time driven. So I'm not going to have to last for 90 minutes. My game is to beat this game guy or as girl quickly as, possible. as quickly as is possible Beat this and guy as you get age as efficiently as possible my job is not as a squash player is not to run and if you, you boss the team run, then, don't you I've to run I'm playing the wrong sport I mean the job is not is not to be done so, confident so I'm going to go with you tonight I'm going to go with you tonight <laughs> I'm not going to foam roll uh-huh. I'll, I'll do some warm up, hip fl- I'll do some warm, warm up. up yeah the warm up I'll warm put the car seat heaters on in the car on the way <laughs> on the way to the club <laughs> Just um, I'll wiggle the ankles. I Brownie's seen me. Brownie's sh- seen me. He'll be there on the weekend. We're going to put him on the spot on the weekend too. Yeah. Anton, do you, you want to jump in there afterwards? Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm with on, you. Yeah, after um, it because then it gives your body time to recover because your body needs 48 hours to recover. So that's why I wouldn't say do it before unless it's your hip flexor. Foam rolling will be after, and that'll be part of the change of lifestyle. This is it. Anton, I know you're itching to get here. I've got I've got a business idea for you. What about if you come across an athlete as this fine specimen opposite me? Here's an idea. Foam roller, okay, that's not hollow it, it, well, it's hollow in the middle, but has ends to it. And then obviously Uncle Pete over here enjoys a beverage after playing sport. So you could foam roll and there could be like a giant straw that came out, so you could be refreshed. And <laughs> what so, are you, so that do, is a win-win. Do, is your, win-win. do your myofascial right. release. Nathan, you're like you know? this. All right. Right. This is very interesting because when I was at university not too long ago, we had a night and this, the idea of the night was you can drink out of anything but a cup or a glass. So I have a foam roller in my room because I am a very serious athlete, as Scott knows. So I foam roll from, from time Drag to time. Drag me under the bus, right. mate. So what do you think I did with my foam roller? I I think I found a uh, an old CD which I duct taped to the bottom, and then I used it as a massive cup to drink out of the rest of the night. That no is what way. I used my oh, foam roller. No well way. done. So you weren't far off. Scott. Improvisation. You need to do some finest. Here's a here's a, I, I want to ask you about this because I've I've got to the stage now where I'm not I'm not playing anymore, uh, and a lot of to be honest towards the end of my career, a lot of it was about managing my body. Um, I've uh, like, and this is no disrespect to you. You know, normally you find a physio, and if you um, think they're doing a good job or you trust them, then you you stick like with a doctor or a, a, a teacher or whatever. Brian Rasmussen, um, who I've been with for years, and so he un- he understood it. Like, I'm trying to manage. I'm quite active in my lifestyle anyway, so very difficult. If you t- tell me that I need to be doing these exercises every day, that's very difficult for me to fit into my lifestyle. So it was more about managing you know the body in my role as a um as in playing rugby is is goal kicking okay and i am right footed so like with a lot of footballers there's that dominant right hand side but you're talking about um you're talking about balance and stuff like that i would say to you that it's 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 impossible for me to get that balance because i've you know i would kick the i probably kick the ball 10, 10 million times with that one side so obviously there's a you know, that's that's my dominant side. That's my strongest side. So it'd be very difficult for me to get the same. I'd love to be equal, you know, ambidextrous on both feet, but you're you're not always going to have that, that imbalance. We will always have imbalances. No one has a perfect body, but it's not about the imbalance. It's about the quality of your tissues. So even if you have, even if you're stronger on one side than the other, you want to... Act- you want to at least have good quality tissues on both sides, right? And that's what myofascial release is. It's not about let's balance out your 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 um you know your strength imbalances in your body, which are very important too. It's really about let's start with the the canvas of your body. 
how is your fascia? Do you have any adhesions anywhere? Do you have any scars anywhere? Do you have any old injuries? Where are they? Let me see if the tissues have recovered properly. If they haven't, it's going to affect the way the the rest of the body moves. Because there are three myofascial systems in the body, by the way. You have the frontal chain, the posterior chain, transverse chain. And wherever you've had an injury depending on where it is in the chain, it's going to affect the rest of the function. Bloody hell, I've run out of paper with notes. <laughs> Can I borrow some paper really? over there? I've run out. Look at this. Look when at this. Is, when is the test? Gone. When is the test? Katarina, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off for a second here. We're going to bounce into a couple of domestic stories and then and we'll I'm come back to this. Back. Okay? I've got a question for you as and well. Then, I, told then, you that, I told you, I told you listeners this was going to be exciting. And then we can do the test, okay? Anyway, first up, domestic sport. We had the first international junior touch tournament in Luxembourg. Uh, the RCL Lightning, the touch club of Rugby Club Luxembourg, they held their first international junior touch tournament in the freezing cold conditions up in Sessange. 75 players from RCL, Strasbourg Touch and the Brussels Buffaloes, they soon warmed up playing mixed teams of under 9, under 12 and under 15. Um, the nature of touch is that boys and girls can play together, which is fantastic. Um, obviously, tends to be more heavy uh, it seems to be more of a waiting towards the boys playing but thankfully a lot more girls are getting involved um yep yeah, t- 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 first ever female team recently yeah yeah they? yeah that's right as head of junior touch leo keith commented the tournament is part of our road to play competitive games against local touch clubs it's great to see so many girls playing uh against the boys and holding their own uh that's a beauty of touch different size and abilities can all play safely together uh in fact they have so many girls now playing in the junior club that they need more boys if your son or daughter would like to play this fastly uh growing sport then you can obviously get in touch with them at info at rcl they're always looking for more players another one uh luxembourg football federation they have confirmed that luke holt has signed a two-year contract extension till the end of 2025 obviously they are now sat waiting to play this playoff match against Georgia after their most successful um, ever European qualifying campaign Um, his record boasts 31 victories 25 draws and 74 defeats across 130 games it does make him the most successful national team coach in Luxembourg's history Um, yeah I guess we'll see how we we go and hopefully the boys will go well against Georgia on the 26th of March and uh, onwards and upwards uh, Red Lionesses we talked about the ladies football team we talked about the drama last week of the floodlights I've spoken to Amy she's going to be joining us for our Christmas special mm-hmm. which will be brilliant but um, this was their last game against Lithuania um, one of the girls Caroline, injury, Caroline George she got injured in the warm up as you do she was raced, uh, replaced by Kimberly Dos Santos who was um, who was foam rolling on the sidelines I, I don't doubt it yeah. I don't doubt it um, João Lorenco scored making it 1-0 after 26 minutes um, and then unfortunately there was a red card after 57 minutes for Luxembourg and then uh, Lithuania actually scored in the 86th minute Emilia Girosaute I've made that name up but um, yeah so it finished up 1-1 um, yeah mm. well that was a mouthful wasn't it, it was, well, I'm going to take over swimming yeah okay young man by the name of Ralph Dalidian uh, Kufiri Is, would that be a that sounds like a Portuguese name. Mate, to be honest, the way you pronounce that, you have convinced me as always. No, that's not a... Mo- <laughs> I tell you what, that is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my Azorian friend over here. I think that might be a Maltese name. Where is it? That's, Mal- that's Maltese. Oh, no, I don't know. No, this is definitely... Maybe. Ralph. It's definitely not Portuguese. Ralph, that could be a German. That could... No, Stop. Scott, you're a Huns. Well, anyway, over the weekend, Wodger, he Wodwick. just broke... His own 100 meter freestyle um, swimming race. Let's see if he beat me. He was 14th hundreds faster than his past record, and so it now stands at 48 seconds or 48.63 seconds. So, congratulations, Ralph! And it's always good to see when um, I saw uh, Judy Maynham post it, but apparently, he's a freshman, he's only in his first year at university. So, big things to come from there. Wicked, wicked. Also, in the handball, here's a little bit of a report between the Red Boys, Diffidange, and uh, uh, Diddling. They had a draw, or didn't have a draw, they concluded with a 29 28 victory for Diddling. This enabled them to overtake Diffidange in the the league table. They say that it was came down to the critical moments at the very end and um, and obviously Diffidange, uh, their composure under the, the 
their composure under those pressure moments this year has been the key. Um, top scorers were David Etout from uh, Dilling with 10 goals and Bryce Allard from Diffidange with 8 goals. Uh, in other results... Um, uh, and following that defeat, Bersheim, they emerged as the new table leader, defeating Mersch with an impressive score of 51-18. to 18. Um, And that was obviously uh, well noted in the absence of uh, Alexandros Fazilakakis. Now we, he's obviously from Greece. We were going to talk about, he was spoke about the Owen Farrell thing. We're not, we're not going to have time. That's going to be a big topic, so we'll carry that over into uh, Sunday's episode. A few uh, sporting uh, bits coming up in December. Katarina, she gives a minute and we'll come back to you. Cricket action in December. More cricket going on. Uh, India welcome England in a three-match T20 tour um, on the 6th, 9th and December. And then one test match on the 14th of December. Uh, England men will also travel to the Windies. Uh, from the 3rd to the 21st for the both the uh, one ODI and T20 series. Um, interesting on the cricket, have you seen the stuff going on about David Warner? No. Right. Tell me. Mitchell Johnson. Yeah. Has basically come out um, and... And banged him again. Mate, basically said... Um, so there's, there's been this ongoing um, topic about Warner, you know, getting a hero send-off um, because, you know, he's... Yeah, what is he 37 now and what he's done for Australian cricket blah well, blah 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 yeah but Mitchell Johnson's come out and he's like why would we give someone like this a hero's welcome when he uh, has been involved in arguably the, the biggest, biggest scandal in Australian cricket history you know um, and so yeah there's a lot of tit for tat going on and then it was it was a big scandal there's no doubt about it but it was also a, a poke and a prod from our English press friends oh, on the other end saying, right, would how you, much can we stir this would you, um, story uh, up but however it was wrong and it's illegal and he, they deserve where, their ban where do you yeah you say they deserve their ban but you know Steve Smith I mean is he the same player that he was since he came back from that not quite but Warner this guy's this guy's skin is Tough as a snake, mate. Like he, yeah, but he's. I mean, he's been crap for the last. They were saying he's only scored one fifty in the last twenty tests or something like that. So it's one of those things where, do you think they should have been banned for longer? They should have been brought back in, or you know, what is you it? Think of Australian cricket. Still think you, you still think those names it, after Booney, of course. Would you put do, Steve Smith? You put up there. Do you put Dave Warner? Yeah, in the same, he's, as, he's, do you put oh, him up there with one of the one of the as a player, one of the greats. Absolutely, you, you put him up there with Matt Hayden, Ricky Ponting, and all that lot. Yeah, uh, I w- yeah I would, yeah I would. Me personally, when I said when I think of the name, he w- he would be up there. But Mitchell Johnson would also go in there as one of one of the Simmons would go uh, another player that would go in there. And Simon's legend. And Simon's. Um, I'm trying to think the uh, fast bowler who probably didn't play around uh, play that long. Blonde head fella, Bond, not Shane Bond, Shane Bond's Kiwi. But yeah, no, I would certainly McGrath would be in there as well. Very, very um, st- interesting. Staying on cricket, the Big Bash League, Australia's domestic 2020 league, uh, will begins uh, on the 7th tomorrow, in fact. Reigning champions, the Perth Scorchers, will come into the new season, searching for their sixth title. And obviously the Sydney Sixers, Adelaide Strikers and Hobart um, Hurricanes. Mate, I love the Big Bash. For me, it's the, yeah, it's the best 2020, but I just think it just fits in well with uh, for the European time. You know, wake up on the in the morning on a weekend and... You got the big bash on. You know, you you watched it. Just, now you're working. Uh, yeah, uh, got to hustle. I you mean, know what I mean. But yeah. I just think there's too much of it. I just think there's too much. Of that's one going thing. On. That, that's what the the big bash is. One thing that I that I watch. Anton, we right. got for us. So we've got some women's football as well. <laughs> the uh, FA Women's Super League is going to be heating up in December. We've got first taking on second, current champions and league leaders Chelsea are taking on Arsenal on the 10th of December, which should be a cracking affair, a very high quality affair. It's a big match tonight, in fact. I think it's on at um, Chelsea, 8.30. Chelsea, Man U, 8.15. Yeah, yeah. they'll be, no, United be covering in their boots. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, URC, uh, well, the Champions Rugby Cup gets underway uh, for another season, the 8th of December. Uh, again, this I, I link this to the football. I think they've messed around with the format of it too it's much. Awful. It's awful. It's so what they need to do is literally be like, if you are the best three teams in Ireland, you go. If you're the best three teams in France, you go. Just make it a 12-team, 16-team comp. Yeah. It's not about... This isn't about, oh, we need more people watching it. This is about the best teams playing against each other. There's a stupid number of teams in the Champions League, stupid number of teams in the Conference League, stupid number of teams in the Europa League. It's what, you know, you're going to meet someone in a bar one day and go, who did you play football for? Oh, I paid for uh, the San Vila Raiders and we played in Europa Conference League. And it's like, 
So what? Doesn't you know? It doesn't mean anything, yeah. does it? You know, when someone when stuff like that. It's like the uh, back in the day when um, do you remember there was a team called Manchester, and they flew up the leagues and they got into the championship, and then the money got pulled, and you know you had guys who were getting beat by a hundred and fifty nil in the championship every week. But you, you, if you if someone says to you, oh yeah, I played at Manchester when we were in the champ, and it's like yeah. You know, anybody could have could have played yeah, at that. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that sort of it really devalues it. Anyway, I'm not going to rant about that or rant about it later on. So Katarina, back over to you. With the um I'm here. You know, with <laughs> sorry sorry, just, <laughs> just getting set off there. Just just sort of bouncing bouncing back to uh, you know, the the system. Yeah, well, well more the, the in <laughs> the in-depth topic. But I mean, ultimately I think that's where the the problem lies. Uh, with a lot of this high-level sport, it's ultimately, you know, any of our listeners, so they so want to... the answer lies. The answer lies, sorry. <laughs> Where, you know, we want to benefit from something like this, but Absolutely. you've got to factor in people have jobs, people have kids, you know, and, 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 and all those other factors which contribute for it. So what's the, I guess, what's the best way to implement this without having to, you know tear up the whole script and reinvent yourself one morning you know how do we slowly or progressively introduce this into our I guess our lifestyle as opposed to just our training and stuff like that first of all you have to want it you have to want to maintain your body as it is now or get it even better right so um people only tend to want to do that once they've injured themselves Uh, Before that, they think their body's never going to fail them. Um, And that's the sad part because, you know, then come the tendonitis and the the arthritis and and so on that you could have just avoided altogether. You can't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Or the little pains, you know. So I would say... um, Knowledge is the most important. Once people understand that this is what this is what moves them. These are the parts of that make up the machinery of our car and we have the power to change it. Then some people will be will be interested in in understanding more and knowing what they can and what they can do to to better it and others are just going to be unbothered, you know, and and they'll wait until the day they injure themselves and they'll go see a physio and get something done and and you know, as long as they can move a little bit, they're fine. You know, so it really depends on how much you love your body and how much it's, it, it ties in with self-love. It ties in with um, I want to age and be functional. What you can do is you can start foam rolling. That's the easiest way. Start foam rolling. See how much pain you actually have when you foam roll. Foam roll all your muscles. See where you have the pain. Wherever you have the pain, you know you have an issue there. So just stay on that pain until it feels a little better and keep doing it until one day you no longer have pain. I'm going home to foam roll tonight you right. foam roll. and then think about you know notice what kind of foam roller is it is it a soft one is it a hard one because you get those ones with little bubbles and they're yeah. little stingers those, those buggers. are the best yeah. ones you've those been on one nathan haven't yeah you? no i have been yeah because they'll find the trigger points that are deeper in the muscle the muscle muscles have many many fibers different layers and you want to main you want to get to the lower fibers right you want to get to those trigger points that are deep down inside so you want those those foam rollers that have the little you know little, little nasty little buggers in yeah. and then you get some that vibrate too and those by the way well, tell us about it those, those <laughs> I think they're even better because they will just speed up the whole foam foam rolling session is that similar to the essence, massage guns uh, it is similar but it also uh, do you like them I love massage guns, but it has to be a Theragun. It can't be those crappy cheap ones that you get. How, on much, how much are they? Because they do the nothing. Good ones? You call it the, the hammer good drill. One, if you want a good one, I think it will cost you probably at least maybe three fifty. That's like Christmas and you birthday know? combined for that, isn't yeah. it? That's yeah. sort of money you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you do have to go with the real stuff because I actually went on a foam rolling cheapy. So I went to Hornbuck and bought myself a, a bit of drain pipe. Yeah, yeah that's great. No, yeah. it ain't. No, it ain't vibe. it hurt like a bugger. <laughs> that stuff is tough. A that's drain pipe was a hard it's got a proper old drain pipe. Yeah. It hurt what, like you, I had yeah. to put a like towel how, around. How big like how big a no, drain proper, pipe? A proper yeah, shank yeah, I mean, size. But did you buy like a meter? Was it like a meter or, I only or have, you, have you got a we're, thing that's fifteen we're only, feet? We're only talking about my right leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that we had to yeah. foam roll like Yeah. That's it was perfect. Just, 
You don't need anything else. But I mean, they hurt. They, I did it on the cheap, and I wouldn't recommend it because, boy, no. that was like buying one with spikes on it, not little yeah. little bubbles. No, that's the best. The one that hurts the most is the best one. No pain, no gain, Nathan. Right, right. we've got probably about a minute. I'm going to. We actually got a couple on, more because we were start. So I'm watching more. the timer here. We got about four, four, four so minutes left. I, I just came back. 2022 was a shitter for me because I had plantar fascia. Ooh, there you go. Now that is a nasty piece of work. I tell you, you. Saw me. I couldn't walk, could I, Scott? I was walking like a uh, yeah, Cowboy. walking like I was, I was. I was crippled. It was walking so, like it was. It's not nice. I know, I know. But you know what? The plantar plantar fasciitis is the end of your posterior myofascial chain, which actually starts between your eyebrows. Starts between your eyebrows. Oh Christ! I should have. Might as well go and have so a look at them as well. <laughs> you need to. Your physio would have to look from. Around, at the back of your head, all the way down your back, down the back of your legs, down the, in your calf, into your feet. So somewhere along the yeah, somewhere along the this myofascial chain, there must be other issues going on too, right? So much that it's inflamed where it all inserts into your feet, right? It yeah. hurts. So when when you talk, so when oh, yeah. people say they've got plantar fasciitis in their foot, is that anything to do with the ligaments in your foot as well as it all interlinked or is that something completely completely I mean, different everything is linked together right but it's it's inflammation of the fascia of your foot and, the, you and that's to, why you do that you see i'm rolling the foot on the hockey yeah, ball and stuff like that if you're telling me so what you're telling me basically is if you've got you're having problems walking your problem is probably further up the oh, post yeah. the posterior chain Absolutely. isn't it Absolutely. And it's usually around the kind of um, pelvic area because that's the motor of our body, by the way, the pelvis, that's the motor of our body. And if you're not, if your stabilizers are not working properly, maybe because they're full of trigger points or, or fascial adhesions, then you're going to put more pressure on compensatory muscles. And then basically your, your fascia is an inert structure, right? And your fascia has to hold you up depending on where your issue is i don't know everybody has a different puzzle to their body but um if your muscles are not able to support you well enough then you're gonna have more tension on your fascia and the um on the ball of your feet you have very very thick fascia which if it has too much pressure on it it will inflame which thins when you get older which what the fascia it thins when you get older on your on your what's interesting is if you look at myself and And nathan and anton compared to you you look at our posture which oh. obviously plays a big part in this. I'm obviously... We're getting, we're getting a bit hunched over now. I'm a big fan of the old, you know, the bench press. Um, <laughs> but you can see, you just just look at us and that's a... that's. I mean, how, how the hell can you correct that at our age? Oh, look, I'm telling you, it's a whole world. It's amazing. But it's... it. You can... I'm getting you a vibra- vibrating roller for Christmas, mate. <laughs> you see, people, people laugh. I'll, I'll fix you. Rebecca laughs at me when I run around the house <laughs> pretending to be a dinosaur. But that's really what it should be. She should be like this, isn't Shoulder it? Shoulder blades back and down, chest out. And engage chin up, your, and chin engage up a little bit as well. Core's always engaged, isn't it? In sport, yeah. you're taught... You know, you're taught to go forward, right? You're looking, you're looking for... That's... And, my, and my excuse, anyway, you, we, we're taught to go forward. So you stay forward. like that. So you right? stay like that. Yeah, you're, hung, you're, yeah, you're, you're hungry. If you stand back like that, you. Oh, well, buy one of those. Have you seen those braces ever, you can buy on Instagram? We hardly ever do complete extension, right? We, well, we, we usually stay in flexion. Passed out on a park bench on a Saturday night. Could. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, we'll get you back for part two. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. Yeah, what's, part Just two? Very... what's part two? Part one's on, 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 on my affair. What, what else are we going to talk so about? So basically, part two? use a foam like... roller. That's what you're Wait, telling no, me. Hang on. No, but there's so much more than you, that you can use. You're oh, running out of time, Stretching, huh? yoga, Pilates. <laughs> yeah, Massage definitely. Guns. All of that's important. But it doesn't change. What about bench press? Cha- that only maintains <laughs> the quality of your tissues. You need to first fix your tissues. And it's with a foam roller. That's only for trigger points. What about the fascia? So, just to jump in, Katerina, okay. we're gonna we're jumping in here. Foam roller, balls, self massage to obviously release the fascia. What about diet? Really quickly, you got thirty seconds diet, left. Diet, super important. What is going to help improve the quality of my fascia? Give me a fruit. Get, like instead of Nathan going and having having fifteen twenty pints and feeling quite loose later on, what should he have after? Ideally, to aid. The uh, the recovery process of his fashion. And I'll take a and I'll take a photo by nine o'clock when that's I finish a, to see if really this has been completed. Well, definitely water, water, and lots of I'd say lots of fruits and veggies. Lots of fruits and there veggies. There you go, so kids. Eat your greens. Food.
Yeah, and well, basically anything with colour in it's good. Yeah, yeah. Remember the, the tea, food... tea sauce on potatoes. What's that? Tea sauce on potatoes, but but a colour on the potato. <laughs> no. But, all right. Oh my god. That's you, me. Sorry <laughs> about no, I him. Think stick to your fruits and veggies. Right. Order. Fruits and veg. There you go. Yeah, so yeah, okay. if you want to be more efficient from a performance point of view you've heard it here first katarina mendez she has said to us do your foam rolling do your self-massage work on that fascia eat your greens and it's going to benefit you and you need to go to a professional myofascial therapist so she can figure out what's actually going on there you go and fix you you heard it here okay. part two we'll book you in katarina for uh, mendez, the start of the journey it's been an absolute right. pleasure we're not actually finished though because we've got some serious questions to ask you okay, okay. if you were uh, do you have a, are you are you married Right, okay, so your ideal partner is opposite you here. Someone <laughs> like Anton. Hello. What do you go for? Do you go for someone with a moustache or someone with a mullet? You know, with the long hair you at the back. You can't, you can't say neither. Yeah. What's, the, what's the hesitation for? No, you have to pick... You can say both if you want. I, I think I'd go with a moustache. You're very European. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get what's it. Going? I don't get it either. I'm never, I'm never going to get it. Everyone goes mullet. Okay. I'm, I'm actually growing mine at the moment. Q2. Uh, number two. If uh, said male, uh, would you want him in the budgie smugglers, you know, the speedos, or the board shorts, like a surfer would wear? I guess you're going to be board shorts. Cause yeah, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, and, and most importantly, you didn't really answer this question when he asked, but if I put you on the spot and said, what is your sport? Would, you, would it be bodyboarding or surfing? Oh, Three, oh, no, mine's, two, mine's dance. one. Okay, dance. Okay, so let's imagine, as I said, um, um, we're not going to do dance because dance is to do with music, so that's sort of negates my next Maybe question she's playing a game of darts let's imagine you're playing uh no you're you're a bodyboarder and you're you're charging down the beach and you want the crowd to know that you are about to enter the water what music would you have playing Ooh. oh god that's a good question celine dion i haven't said this, <laughs> I, I haven't said this in a while but obviously you have to answer this question otherwise the world's going to end so no, Top wait, can we, can we change the sport? No, we can't. All right, yeah. surfing then. There you go. No, no, the other sport would be Olympic weightlifting. I like okay. Olympic weightlifting. Okay, right, and what would your music be? Um, probably um, Rick Ross, um, Stay Scheming. Rick Ross, stay, 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 stay Scheming. Yeah, Stay Scheming. That's a really hardcore, like, <laughs> gym kind of get you in We're the gonna mood. Find well, beast mode. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to get in trouble for this now because we've overrun, haven't we? So I've got excited there. You check out the rest of the team, 6am tomorrow morning. Sam Steen, you've got Stephen Stepsler at lunchtime. He's Melissa Dalton you well. with the... Huh? He's going to belt you, won't Well, you're the one holding me up now. Melissa Dalton with the home stretch. Don't forget about Dave Burrows and the DB3 sessions. You've also got Sarah Tapp and the Hangover Show. Uh, we always give up a shout-out to a huge army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick. If you're one of them, keep doing what you're doing. Until then, it's cheer. 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 Bye. Bye.